If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Welcome back, film fans and MCU fans, to a brand new podcast episode for Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. The MCU is back, baby! It's back, and we are now renaming you Blue Guardian. I like green, though. Green Green's my favorite. Can I be Green Guardian? Yeah. You'll be Green Guardian, and then I'll be Transparent Guardian. I'm like, ooh translucent from the boys i have still only watched like the first four episodes <laughs> i just oh. stopped and- it's so good i really like season one season two it was weird because i was thinking about it recently and i don't like it quite as much as what i like season one but it's still solid i really like it can't wait for season three i will say season two when it ends no spoilers but it's so there's there's a a scene a final scene and i can't stop thinking about it and it is such a perverted scene that's all i'm saying it's so it's 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 messed up it's really messed up and i don't know why i was thinking about this but i could not get it out of my head and anyone who's listening who has watched that series throughout its entirety knows what I'm talking about. And it's a scene that was cut in season one because Amazon said, you're going too far. But then they added it to season two. I will, uh, I'll catch up. Uh, you know, I'm re- still re-watching Dexter. Ooh. We we watched uh, this freeform show called Cruel Summer. Oh. And then uh, we're, we're current, my wife and I are just plowing through Shit's Creek right oh. now, which we just finished season two. Season one, I thought was okay. I was like, I don't understand why this is, such a beloved show. Season two is pretty good. The finale, I was teary-eyed in it. So I'm looking forward to cranking that out. I think there's seven seasons maybe. And then, you know, we got the movies. We got so many movies. But at some point, I'll go, I'm going to get to the boys. I don't know if I'll do it before season three, but I'm going to catch up. You saying that it has a super perverted scene, though. I don't know if that entices me or not. It's a scene that it was honestly like a gag scene and it's something that really doesn't add anything but it's weird because i don't i really don't know how it makes me feel like it doesn't add anything and it doesn't take anything away it's just a scene that i just can't seem to get off of my mind and it's something that i wish i could just not necessarily forget about, but <laughs> it sounds like yeah. I was gonna say this sounds like a you thing. Weirdly enough, yeah. And maybe <laughs> the other thing is it's added to the fact that we've. I was listening to a um, an interview about Jensen Ackles, who's joining the show in season three, 
and they released his image online. And I want to say Eric Kripke, who is the showrunner for the boys and the creator, he had teased it as well. And he has this really interesting Captain America look to him, but it's supposed to be that way. So, but I was listening to an interview with Kripke and, and a few others. Um, they brought up the scene and it's just so, it's outrageous. It's so outlandish. And it, I, I really like the show. There are some things that it seems like they really push it to a limit, but it's always done in a way that is so, uh, so much like social commentary, but it's done in a way that, I mean, I can see where it's not for everyone, but man, it's so good. I just, I just really like it. And there's so many great actors in it. And Carl Urban is fantastic. Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, which is phenomenal. And of course, Aaron Moriarty, Moriarty, who plays Starlight, is just, I, I can't get enough of her. You're and obsessed. We, she actually you, like had to say, stop contacting me. It was kind of like my love for Florence Pugh, who we will be talking a lot about in this mm. episode. Film fans out there, thanks for joining us. If you couldn't tell, we're going to dive into... Black Widow, the brand new MCU film that is out right now, the solo uh, story on Black Widow, the character herself. This is the first movie we've received in two years. So we're going to dive into that, talk about is it worth the wait, and kind of where this lands in our overall MCU ranking, along with a few questions that we have about this. Then we will cover a game at the end of this episode and all I can say is, there's a lot of money on the line. Let's go ahead and dive right into Black Widow right now. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. His call signs Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. The movie was directed by Kate Shortland. It's the 25th film in the long-running and hopefully never-ending Marvel Cinematic Universe. This movie launches the highly anticipated Phase 4. Can you believe it? <laughs> it was released June 29th in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. With a hefty 343 reviews, it currently holds an 81% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, now to the box office in its opening weekend, Widow pulled in a pandemic-era record $80 million in theaters and $60 million on Disney Plus rentals. Uh, the movie is set after Captain America Civil War, where Romanoff is on the run and forced to confront a conspiracy tied to her past. The cast includes, obviously, Scarlett Johansson, and newcomers, the amazing Florence Pugh, who we have talked about a lot on this show. Woo. The amazing David Harbour, who I have a massive, massive man crush on. <laughs> the amazing Rachel Weisz, William Hurt, Ray Winstone, and O.T. Fag Bendley. A couple other notes. Before the MCU started with Iron Man in 2008, Lionsgate was working on a Black Widow film in 2004. That obviously never happened. And the character's movie rights jumped to Marvel Studios in 2006. 
ScarJo was cast and debuted in Iron Man 2, and the character has since appeared in nine films. Sadly, Johansson says this is her last time. This is her swan song. I didn't know that going into this film. I figured we could get another film with her as the character, and then I Googled it, and she said, no, this is it. I wanted to go out on a high note. This is a high note. It's it's so weird because it seems like it's a culmination leading to this just climax for this character. And it's it's sad. It honestly, by the end of this movie, it had me getting kind of emotional. Like I wasn't tearing up, but I, I honestly felt emotional because we're losing it, the heavy hitters. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. Chris Evans, these people that we've been with. So yeah, it's 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 kind of uh I don't know. It makes you go, where are we going? And it's sad to see people go. And it's like, do I want to stick around? It's this shift in the MCU where we're now, I feel like at this, I'm not going to say young Avenger, but it feels as if we're having the handing of the baton for this franchise or this entire overarching MCU universe that is now being passed on to the younger group. I am more and more nervous as we step into this next phase because we've had now three shows with WandaVision, Captain uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then Loki. And it's so interesting because we have had three of those shows before this movie, and it's almost like those have been preparing us. It feels like we've been leading up to something like this. So it's really fascinating. And that's where talking about this marking the first movie in two years was worth the wait. I've been anxious. I've held off on texting you, but what do you think about this overall? I mean, I'm not entirely sure. It actually feels like it's been two years since the previous (laughs) MCU movie was released. Because I, I, I was like, I don't even know what that movie was. I had to look it up and it was far from home. Mm hmm. But yeah, it feels good to be back at the movies watching a Marvel film. And you know, when the Marvel Studios intro started at my screening, my auditorium, and it was packed, it it erupted into a (laughs) wave of applause and I got goosebumps. It felt awesome to be there watching this with people again and just to have, you know, characters that you've been following for a decade back on the big screen. Kind of how I felt with Fast 9. It was good to be back with the family. That's that's awesome. And I know the trailers that we've had leading up to this, and you've got that one with Stan Lee where he's talking about you know, coming back to the movies, and we've got that voiceover, and then we see what has happened in the past in other MCU movies, and then what's leading up to what's coming out next. And... Like you said, it just felt really good to be back. I didn't have that kind of experience in the auditorium. It just, there's something about the MCU, the Marvel Studios animation that comes up and hearing that and seeing it on a big screen is just, honestly, it sounds crazy and very cliche, but there are very few things like that. Now, with it talking about uh, worth the wait, let's talk about the good what do you have to say about what you really liked about Black Widow? Well, I love the globe-trotting feel. I, 
I'm not quite sure I'd say this is on the level of a James Bond movie, mm. but I appreciate what they were going for. I think that feel bleeds into a handful of just super entertaining action pieces. Uh, I also think it's pretty smart that for her first solo film, Black Widow, this isn't a full-blown origin story. It's not. It's got those origin elements but it still manages to feel relevant in the Infinity Saga that it's sandwiched in between. This has got a super good mix of supporting characters. David Harbour, Florence Pugh, they're so much fun. I think Harbour is especially good. He adds this layer of humanity to this over-the-top handball character that he plays. I can't express how much I love this guy. (laughs) He's so good. I also think it's kind of interesting that this is the second movie in as many weeks that plays hard into what exactly is a family. Mm -hmm. And because it's so personal, the movie feels small scale in the grand scheme of things, which is really refreshing. This kind of dialing it back to a degree is I would have to say at the top of the list, just because we actually it's merging everything that you said into that culmination bringing it to a what's happening outside of these Avenger-level events. And Black Widow, to me, was always a fascinating character because in the very beginning, she has or seemed to have had a very speckled past that I couldn't ever figure out if I really wanted to know more about. But obviously, Scarlett Johansson has added so much to the character and I'm glad we got this story. And I am I think one thing that it does in a really great way is it gives us this espionage thriller that, as you said, is a globetrotting experience that I love. And it does it in a way that matches the character. But the other thing is that it handles a really heavy subject of human trafficking mm-hmm. in a Super way dark. That, yeah. It does two big things. One, it is able to push a message of moral, I'm not going to say educating, but it pushes a message of what human trafficking is to such a wide audience to, you know, hopefully make viewers more aware of this or what, what's happening. But also, it is doing something with this character that to me adds such a weight, not just to her but to everyone else in this film where I think everyone is able to walk away from this, where I say, I want to know what happens next to this person and the good. I feel like there's a lot of good. And I did find it funny. Like you said, sitting down in the theater, I'm like, wow, back to back weekends. And we're talking about family. And (laughs) it was great. It honestly, it was a lot of fun. I think this handled it. Well, I don't know. I was going to say, I think it handles it better. I think this is a way better film than Fast 9. Yeah. But Fast 9 is just so ingrained into literally everything about it. But yeah, I, it's it's interesting. It's Are the Avengers really your family? Or just like the, the pseudo mother, father, or sister that you were forced into? Is that your real family? Or can, yeah. can you have it both? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's what you make it. It's it's very close to like the Fast franchise, but like you said, I, I think it's better. And overall, handling these heavy subjects in a fun way, and I think there's 
a lot of relief in there from like Harbor. You've got Pew, who does a fantastic job shifting and just being able to utilize her ability to transition. All of them are just phenomenal, I felt, actors and actresses. And they 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 really brought something different to the MCU. And it felt that way. It really did feel that way. Now, shifting into the bad, what are some of the negatives? I mean, maybe I'm still riding high on the recency effect, but I, I honestly don't have anything too major. Nothing immediately comes to mind, but I do kind of wonder how people will view Black Widow's death in Endgame now. Like, does this ultimately boost or hamper her sacrifice? Because we know now, even if you die in a movie, it's probably not the last time we'll see you because they can always bring you back. Yeah. In this case, it's a prequel. I don't think it hurts. I think it fills in the pieces and only makes that sacrifice even stronger. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is I don't have a lot of bad with this film. I would say for me, what is at the top of that list is that you've got certain things that in an espionage movie like this, you've got your Bonds, your Mission Impossibles, which honestly, this reminded me a lot of not just those two franchises, but especially Mission Impossible. There, there are certain things that happen in that that you have to suspend your belief a little bit. And there are, are ways about a plan, which, spoiler alert, in case we reveal anything going forward. Hit the siren. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the ending, there's enough there. Like, could Natasha not have stood across the room and shot and killed? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that either. I guess so, you couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's it's this idea of the pheromones and you smell Ray Winstone, which now makes me wonder, like, what does he smell like? Does he smell like a giant beef jerky stick? Or, <laughs> you know, because, like, seeing it him... It's like his, one of those cigar shops that the <laughs> men in fancy suits go and chill for, like, an hour and a half. And so with that being the case, I... I like that idea. I thought it was cool. But at the same time, there are certain plot holes that it's And it's like, kind eh. of dopey. That's but, leaning hard in the, into the spies genre. Yeah. I like that you bring up Mission. This, I think, it didn't necessarily remind me of Bond. It was more Jason Bourne for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some dopey stuff. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's the way I would describe it, too, where it is kind of dopey. But overall, like in the movie, I'm like... <laughs> Because I heard going into this movie, there's there's one person, uh, a friend who had said it's like kind of so-so, felt kind of so-so about it. And I'm like, okay, I, I didn't ask any questions. And I asked also not to hear very much other than it was just one of those movies that it's not like top tier. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. But at the end of it, I'm like, I mean, there's enough here for me. And also, we've talked enough about our love for these espionage movies. You're a huge Bond fan and then Mission Impossible. And I would go as far as to say that Mission Impossible may be my favorite franchise of multiple films. But it's just, it's so, so much fun. This movie embodied some of those best elements. And like you said, I don't have anything really beyond kind of that dopiness that if you start to to break it down going into this movie let me rewind two years ago 
before, you know, when we're starting to see the marketing for this movie, I'm like, I don't know how much I want to see this movie, but by the end of it, I'm so glad this movie came out because I think down the road, we're going to look back and piece this movie in where it goes in a timeline and say, that's a solid entry. I think Winstone, the, the Dracov character is kind of not the most thrilling villain. <laughs> Yeah. But with what we talked about, the weight of the, the, you know, the real world metaphors we're trying to say, you know, this is human trafficking. It's, it adds this disgusting layer where you want him just absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that helps out. It's like the, the character's not flashy. He's not that cool, but he's such a little prick. <laughs> you want, at the end of the movie, you want them to just blow him up. What would you give the final grade for this film? I mean, it's a loves from me on a five star scale. I'm giving it a four. I would, I would completely agree with that, a hundred percent. It could. I have a feeling this could climb. Yeah, absolutely. Which goes to our MCU ranking. We're not going to break down all 24 films, but in terms of low, mid, upper tier, where does this sit? Right above the mid. I really think this is. Like at the end of the at the end of the day, this could be my favorite standalone film. Yeah, it's mid to upper for me. It's right outside the top ten at the moment. But you know what? With multiple views, this could creep into that top ten. Mm-hmm. I notice my rankings they shuffle all the time. I have my absolute favorites, um, but you know the middle ground it it fluctuates a little bit. And mm-hmm. this is not the middle. This is a little higher than that. But this, I honestly think this could go a little into that top 10. This is a movie that I think too, I'm really excited to rewatch it. And as soon, I would say it was like maybe halfway over. I'm like, there are a lot of these scenes I really want to return to the theater and watch, but I also can't wait to, to be able to see this, even if it's at home again for a second time. So let's move on to the questions round for Black Widow. And we've got a, cl- a couple of these. Yeah, before we get into some of the bigger ones, I just want to know, uh, how did you... I know you went to theaters. I did too to go see this. I saw this on IMAX. uh, had a very good experience. You went above and beyond, and you did something I've been wanting to do because the Regal Pinnacle here in Knoxville has 40X. Mm -hmm. You did that. I didn't do it because our screenings were only 3D. And I was like, "I I don't want to do that. I prefer to... I have contacts, but I prefer to wear my glasses usually. So I don't want to have to mess with that. Um, So you did the 40X. The thing that's been holding me back from 40X, I want you to tell me if this is a thing or if it happened to you. It says there's like rain involved at time where you could get splashed. (laughs) Is that like legit? Because I don't want to get, (laughs) I don't want to sound like an idiot here. I don't want my glasses getting all wet and I'm having to clean it (laughs) in the middle of a movie. So talk about that experience and then, do I need to worry about getting sprayed? Yeah, you do oh need my to. Goodness, you do Why? need to. Yeah, so you need, con, I need to have contacts when I go to that. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, you need to prepare to get sprayed. But here's the thing, though, because I I also, also like to wear my glasses in the theater, and there's some there's something about it's, you know, it, I I don't know what it is, but having glasses in the theater, uh, it's and that's one of the main reasons why I'm not a big fan of seeing 3D. But the main thing with this 
even though it sprays you, it doesn't soak you. A good example of this is before this movie starts, even the previews are shaking around like you're on a roller coaster. <laughs> no joke. Like I, I <laughs> Oh man, I, I, I want to do this so bad. I described to my girlfriend while watching Black Widow, which was a perfect movie to see in this. But when you go in to see a movie like this, it's like you're going in for a two hour roller coaster ride. No mm-hmm. joke. It's like that where it's shaking and it's trembling and you've got where it's moving, but it's not like so much that it's happening nonstop throughout the entire two hours because during slow scenes, it may just be sitting there. Um, but you've I got other, so <laughs> like if, if Florence and Scarlett are just talking, why would this, you're a, you're a CP vibrating. <laughs> I mean, for other reasons, but it wouldn't be because of <laughs> the theater. Is, you're watching two beautiful women on screen. I understand <laughs> yeah. So with that though, the, the good example of when you get sprayed during the previews, they had a Jungle Cruise trailer. And for that, anytime a ship like hits one of the waves, it'll spray out water. But but it's not <laughs> going to like it's not going to be like a rainforest, you know, where water's just coming down like crazy. But the it never messed with my glasses. I never had that's that good. issue. All yeah, right, that's good. And like, you'll feel it. You'll definitely feel it. Here's the other thing. You can also turn it off on your seat. That's the one. mm -hmm. Okay. That's clutch right there. That's the one thing that you can choose to opt out of in each seat because. Yeah, I don't want to get wet. I I will say you've got the, the water, the rumbling seats. You've got the lights that flicker. So during explosions, you end up having lights changing, uh, there's not a smell to it, but I was kind of hoping there would be. Yeah, I wondered if you would smell smoke, but then if like an actual fire broke out, no one would <laughs> run because you would think it was the movie. And and I, that was the other thing. I, I didn't notice any smoke, but the I will say like during the final ending battle scene, the giant fight scene was insane in the sea. And... The other thing I will also say is a disclaimer. If you have a drink, that would that could get bad. Like we we got popcorn, but no drinks. And if we did, I would actually be worried of it spilling on. <laughs> <laughs> did your girlfriend like it? Yeah, she well, it freaked her out. Like, cause she hates roller coasters. And the first, like the opening scene when they're in the car driving off, that's whenever it starts shaking. And then especially on the plane ride, whenever we've got David Harbour as Red Guardian, he's hanging on to the wing of the plane. And there's so much shaking going on that it's 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 nuts. But during that, she leaned over and she's like, I don't know if I regret getting this. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wonder if if it would be too much and it's actually distracting from what you're watching because it's just sensory overload or something. Here's one thing. I have done something like this once before, but this was whenever I lived in Tulsa and I went to another theater and it was not a Regal and it was a B&B theater and I can't remember what they called it, but it was like that. But I saw the movie The Nun Goodness. And, and it freaking sucked. Like, see, because 
their their audio is off and their just everything about it was just like blah. But I had that a free movie, that movie sucked anyway, so I don't and, think you missed out. And that's the thing. I thought if it is a bad movie, it's going to add to the experience, but quite actually the opposite. I think I also really like Black Widow because here's a weird thing. I don't know if this if I would have seen that movie for the first time in 4DX, like I would recommend that. I'm glad I did, but I don't know if I would say for your first going of this movie, see it in 4DX. I I would almost say see it as like a normal movie on IMAX or in a normal 2D screen, which we were originally going to do. I thought that the that I'd be seeing this on just a normal size screen, but it lucked out and we were able last minute to to make a trip happen and then therefore like let's go see this because we don't have something like this where we live and I'm super happy we did 4DX. I will say another downside is that each ticket is like 20 bucks and that's for a freaking mm-hmm. matinee. Well, that's that was we went to a five o'clock showing in the IMAX and it was like 19. And then I think it goes up to 22 for 4DX. So if you're and that's the other thing I was going to bring up is we got drinks, we got popcorn, we got tickets, obviously. And even with my Regal Rewards, we spent 56 bucks. <laughs> I was like, man, we could have rented this for 30 bucks and stayed at home. But, you know, my wife is like, no, I wanted, I wanted to get out. Let's go mm-hmm. have fun and go do something. So the, these theaters are got to be making, now that the movies are back, they got to be making some big bucks. Yeah, for sure. I, shout out, I shout will, out the Regal, though. I, I really yeah. enjoy our Regal in town. Well, and also seeing that it's, like you've you've got a great setup and this was the like going to this theater it was a really cool theater obviously this was the first time going to this this regal and weirdly enough it was actually uh my girlfriend who found this and then she kind of set this up and she she was like well you know if, if we're able to make this work then let's go and and see it this way and so she she deserves all the credit and I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because <laughs> I was a little worried because of my nun experience. But then again, that movie, <laughs> that movie was as bad as how David Harbour smelled in this movie. I'm sure. So ain't nothing, n- ain't nothing gonna help that movie. And you, you, yeah. went to, you were in Houston, Texas, right? Where yeah. you, you got the chance to see this. Okay, mm-hmm. man, I, I got to do it. All right, you want to do a few other questions? Yeah. Um, one of the buzziest things about Widow leading up to his release was who is taskmaster the result is quite a departure from the source material but did you like it i was okay with it because of how it played into the story i'm not familiar with this character but i know that it's such a huge departure it is almost similar to what they did with the mandarin is that right i mean, it's just a it's just a different character playing it I, I was a little underwhelmed at first, but it fits in so well with the story. It comes it all comes full circle again, which I mm-hmm. liked. And there is kind of like a almost like a Terminator element, like a horror element, where it's just this thing, this basically like this robot stalking her. So I thought that was cool. And then it's just kind of, it's sad. She's just like this warped uh individual yeah. being forced to do all these terrible things. Like it's it's honestly kind of sad and hard to watch. 
I would say that I was okay with it. And I kept hearing theories as well. Oh, I would have bet. I would have bet a million dollars, literally all my money that it was Rachel Vice. Oh. And the moment we see Rachel with Taskmaster in the same shot, I'm like, holy crap, what's going to happen? Is it Clint Barton? Yeah. Is it going to be some character we've known that's like under control? And it wasn't. But uh, the the buildup I thought was pretty cool. I mentioned how the movie has, and you agree, fairly solid selection of side characters. Mm-hmm. Who's your MVP and are they worthy of getting their own solo adventure? Oh, man. This is, obviously, I have to go with Florence Pugh's Yelena. I just, we're, we're going to get so much more of her. It's setting it up, especially the end credit scene. And it's interesting because it appears that is a Valentino played by Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. That she is recruit or has recruited Yelena before the end credit scene. It could be interesting to see Yelena working with US agent John Walker, which oh, yeah. I, just I would see like her, to see that. I don't want to see her bad. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. like they're they're setting up this, you know, reverse Avengers. It's, mm. it's a number of different things that they're kind of teasing. But I don't want her bad. I want her, I want her good. I, I kind of wonder if it will be like USA John Walker where he and then she will also be kind of in that gray zone where it's not good or bad. It's going to be in between. But I totally want as many spinoffs with Yelena as possible because I love her. But... Going a step beyond that, I would also be down for seeing more of this family working together, like fast franchise. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny is, uh, I mean, she is the obvious answer. She won't be my pick, but I will say my wife, I think it annoys her how much we like Florence Pugh. So she went in, she went into this movie and I know she was just like, I hate this person. (laughs) At the end of the movie though, she was, she was like, I got to be honest with you that she freaking ruled. And yeah, Florence rules in this. We know we're going to see her in Clint Barton's upcoming Disney Plus series, Hawkeye, which is, I believe, coming out this year. Um, I'm going to go with David Harbour, though. I mean, Red Guardian ruled. I don't know if I want a solo Red Guardian film. He might be better as an ensemble, but he's my MVP. I, I really, really enjoyed everything that he did. Uh, and we, and one big thing about this character, and we don't need to go into logistics here because there are scenarios where it's possible that this actually happened. But throughout the film, Alexei, a.k.a. the Red Guardian, talks about how he fought Captain America at one point. Do you think he's being genuine or is he just a straight-up liar when he talks about <laughs> that brawl? Here's the weird thing. I think in a multiverse, it happened. And I do too. Because yeah. we know Cap goes back in time at some point. Yeah. And he's doing whatever he does. How cool would it be if we got a film where those two duked it out? I want and we it. Get, we get Chris Evans back. I Yeah, I, I really want to see that scene. I just I want need to. It. I need Chris Evans back, man. I miss him so much, more than anybody else. As much as I think it's cool that Anthony Mackie is you know taking over the reins as Captain America, it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same for me. I miss him so much. Yeah, and he'll be back. I mean, that's currently right now the speculation that he is coming back. And so yeah, 
who knows? Um, I do have a game. It's called, this is a brand new game, folks. It's called The Million Dollar Question. I'm going to ask you a question. This is literally for $1 million. (laughs) And we're going to, it's part, basically part A, that's for the million. And I'm going to give you a part B. Oh. And it's for a bonus $500,000. So is it Uh, all or nothing? No, no, no. I'm just going to, I'm just giving you all my money. And if you want, I'll do this in Bitcoin. If you do it, if you get it right. I'm okay. Are you into Bitcoin yet? I I am a small investor. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, this is going to help you out. So this is called the million dollar question game. Are you ready for the big question? I'm nervous. I mean, you got nothing to lose. You only have a million dollars to gain. I don't know why you're nervous. That's true. That's a good point. Life-changing money though. Here we go. Prior to Scarlett Johansson landing the role, Marvel entered serious negotiations with this actress about playing Natasha Romanoff. Oh, man. Million dollars. So it's just one actress. I'm sure there was a lot, but this was one, you know, this is the most serious that they got into. Well, I'll just say, scheduling forced this actress to to turn down the role. So it would have been hers. Who is the person? Wow. Can, is there a hint? Oh, boy. Or can I ask questions? May I'll give you one question. If you want to ask me one question, I may not answer it though, if it's gonna be too obvious. See, I really want to ask if she's around the same age as Scarlett Johansson. So I'll ask that question. Oh my goodness. I gotta go I gotta Google it. Because I'm typing it right now. It makes me wonder. Here's the thing. Okay. The I looked up the person. Now let me look up Scarlett. Scarlett Johansson. Because my I've got a guess. And my guess is someone who is in the MCU, but this would have been cast after someone who I'm thinking of has already starred in an MCU movie. So ScarJo, 36 years of age. Okay. This person is 38. Okay. Dang. And she's... As far as I can tell, she's never been in a comic book film. Okay. I'm going to narrow it down and say, oh my gosh. Uh, I don't want to say it. I think she, jeez. I'm going to say Megan Fox. Okay, locking in the Megan Fox. Uh, and Megan Fox has been campaigning hard to be in a comic book film lately. Yeah. I can confirm that it is not <sighs> Megan Fox. Dang it. Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with Megan Fox. This actress that got the, you know, could have potentially had this role is a good actress. She's in a big franchise that had a sequel that came out about a month ago. 
She's married to a man named John Krasinski. Dang it. No way. Her name, Emily Blunt? Her name is Emily Blunt, Gosh. a.k.a. the person that a lot of people want to see play the Invisible Woman alongside John Krasinski in the Fantastic Four. Who knows if that's going to happen? All right, here we go. I'll still give you $500,000 if you can give me this. Okay. Uh, what movie forced Emily Blunt to turn down this role? She was scheduled to do the movie. She couldn't do Black Widow. What movie is it? I'll give you one hint. It came out in 2010. Ooh. I would say probably is a pretty big bomb, but it did make decent money. Dang. It pulled in 237, not bad, but I remember this movie being absolutely sharded on. <laughs> I feel, I mean, it was after that because Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, whichever name you want to go with, was like 2013. It wasn't, so was it sharded on by critics? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Because in, bet- in between this movie, 2010, she did The Wolfman. She did a movie called Wild Target, which I've never heard of. Jeez. She did this movie, and then she did Nomeo and Juliet, and then The Adjustment Bureau. Hmm. Man. I, I've never seen this movie. It's like a family comedy film. I would be shocked if you've seen it. It looked horrendous. I'm going to say there's a Jack Black movie and I can't remember. It's something Travels. Gulliver's Travels or something like that. And it's... I remember when when she came out and... Because she was big. She was really big around that time and were releasing a lot of movies. I know it's a Jack Black movie. It had to have been Jack Black. But I, I honestly, since I have not seen it, the only person that I remember being in this, and I remember from a poster, and he was like tied down because of these just, I don't know, miniature people who <laughs> had like thrown ropes over him, but it's Jack Black, and he was literally tied down, and that was the poster of this movie. I'm going to say, because it's the first thing that came to mind, but I'm going to say Gulliver's Travels, I'll lock it in. The movie's tagline, Black is the new big. You are correct. It's Gulliver's Travels. What? <laughs> um, yeah, oh that looked, it gosh. came out on Christmas in 2010. Holy smokes, that looks she, bad. She Never turned, saw that movie. So she turned down. I mean, she couldn't She couldn't do it because she was scheduled to do this film. So <laughs> it was like, oh, I guess you're not Black Widow. Wow. But hey, she's had a good career since. It's it's not like she disappeared. Yeah. And we're wondering what happened. She's doing fine. At some point, I would imagine she's going to pop up in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. I could see that. And so, hey, I, I just, I don't want to dismiss this. You get $500,000. That's a lot of money. My wife is livid right now. Yeah, whatever you do, you may, I don't know how you'll have to break this to Lexi, but you may want to like go to an 40X movie. And then during that, just like say that you guys are spending this amount of money and then maybe that will help. If my life was a movie, we would do a quick cut and the front door would be slamming and I would have all my bags out there (laughs) (laughs) and I would be on my own. 
Well, thank you to you and Lexi for your generous donation in Bitcoin. I'll I'll be looking forward to that email here in a little bit. I don't know how that translates money-wise, but I'm sure it's still a lot of, you know, Bitcoin cash in your pocket. After the conversion rate, it's like pesos. And I'm going to... <laughs> you have, actually owe me money for something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was a fun game. I dig it. I really like it. It was fun. It was, it was a good one. I, I honestly thought you were going to pull that out of your butt. But uh, gosh darn it, you did not. Yeah, I... The uh, man, that's crazy. It totally makes sense that it's Emily Blunt. I was trying to think of someone a little bit younger, but wow, that's that's crazy to think. Like in an alternate alternate reality, we had Emily Blunt as Black Widow. I got to be honest with you, not that I w- not that she wouldn't have done well, but Scarlet Rob, she she rules. So yeah, I love it. Her. All worked out. Well, this was fun, and I enjoyed this, and especially talking about Black Widow. So, film fans, we hope that you had fun listening to us as well, going over into the latest MCU movie. Next time, why don't you join us? Because we're going to take a jump, a leap of faith with King James in the brand new Space Jam 2. So, join us for the jam. And until next time, keep watching. The recording has stopped.